Hello, and welcome to episode eight of the Movie Marathoners podcast. I'm your host, Mati, and Ian is in Disney World this week. So joining me are my two friends, Jason. Howdy. And Cullen. Yo. Hey, so you guys, have either of you ran a marathon? Uh, not yet, but I plan on it. When? Possibly this fall, New York City. Okay, yeah. Are you going to try and qualify for Boston? Depending on how fit I get, <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, if, where the track I'm on right now is not looking too hot, but we'll get there. So. <laughs> okay. All right. And how about you, Jason? Uh, so I was officially signed up to run the Twin Cities Marathon with Imani, yeah. as you remember. So I ended up coming back for my fifth year track, so I had to bail out of that one. Okay. But I have ran an unofficial half marathon. An unofficial half? What does that mean? I just ran it with Mike Ward. Oh. I just ran 13.1 miles <laughs> yeah. through okay. Boston with Mike okay. Ward. Do you plan on doing a marathon at any point, or are you going to stick to decathing? I will no, I will not do any more decathons in my life. It's just too stressful. <laughs> uh, but I do plan on running a marathon probably within the next two years. Okay, cool. So this week we'll be running through the series finale of Game of Thrones, which aired last Sunday. We'll warm up with a spoiler-free discussion of the series before discussing the finale at length in a spoiler section, and then we'll round out the episode, as always, with our point two section where we discuss what else we've been watching. So I'm not sure how anybody could not know what Game of Thrones is, but just in case, the synopsis of Game of Thrones is nine noble families fight for control over the mythical lands of Westeros, while an ancient enemy returns after being dormant for thousands of years. I think that's actually a really good synopsis, like a one-sentence yeah. synopsis. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Okay. Game of Thrones airs on HBO and is based on the novels in the A Song of Ice and Fire series written by George R. R. Martin. It stars Kit Harington, Amelia Clark, Peter Dinklage, Drogon, and many, many others. The series showrunners, as well as the writers and directors of the series finale, are David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. And then over its eight seasons, it's already been nominated for 47 Emmy Awards, which is the record for a single drama series. So it's pretty popular and pretty well acclaimed. Colin, before we get started, let's just briefly talk about when we started watching this show and our relationship to it. So you can take us first. Yeah. So I was very late jumping on the Game of Thrones bandwagon. I didn't actually start watching it until about a year ago. And okay. uh, I watched the, I like binge watched the five seasons, first five in a row. And then my family changed the password to the HBO account and left me out. Uh, <laughs> I had to wait, and then I watched the last the two seasons going into this final one, uh, the last over the last couple of months, and I absolutely love it. Um, I actually think watching them all in a row and waiting was a gift to myself in a way because I got to just roll through it, and I have all the details kind of fresh in my head. So uh, I uh, yeah, I've been obsessed with it over the last year. And have you read any of the books? I have not. No. Okay. How about you, Jason? Uh, I have not read any of the books. Shit. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay. So neither have I. So <laughs> it's awkward, but... So I started watching Game of Thrones, I think it was week two of season six. I finally recognized how popular it was. And so I was like, well, this must be a pretty good show then. <laughs> and so I watched all six or five and a half seasons in about a two and a half week span to the point where I was caught up for the last two episodes as they were released of season six. And then I watched seven and eight as they came out. I also watched all seven seasons again this last fall before season eight came out. Mm -hmm. 
because I wanted to make sure I had all the details fresh going into the last season. Okay, cool. And myself, I started and watched seasons one through five in like 10 days over winter break once. But then that summer, season six aired and I watched those live six, seven and eight all live. I also haven't read any of the books. I'm curious, why did it take you so long to hop on? I personally didn't have HBO. Okay. So <laughs> I didn't have HBO until I got to college. Um, so that's just kind of, I guess I started watching season, I guess when I started watching was my sophomore year. So it was just a matter of having HBO and uh, it got really popular again my sophomore year when season six was coming out. Okay. What about you, Colin? Is there a reason that it took you so long to kind of get on board or? Yeah. So I had HBO, but I didn't really know, honestly, that much about HBO, like what they offered at all. It's just something my brother watched. I was like, yeah, whatever. So, but I've never been a huge castle, knight and shining armor, sword. Like medieval. Yeah. That whole era. I've like movies and TV shows. I it just has never clicked with me. So that's why going into it, I was like, I just wouldn't like this. I wouldn't like this. I wouldn't like this. And then I started watching it and I was like, oh my God, I love this. So, <laughs> so uh, why, yeah, what do you like about it? So many different storylines going. Um, and I think they did a really good job of panning like in and out through each episode. You, you know, you kind of get caught into one. And then before I got kind of tired or you got a chance to think about it, it would jump to the next one. So it just kind of kept you going. Um, and uh, the whole idea of this world, yeah, just figuring it out in your head, trying to piece it all together. It was just, I loved it. So. so I've tried to start watching it twice. The second time I did watch it, but the first time I watched like two episodes and it just didn't hook me for whatever reason. And I also really didn't like the graphic amounts of nudity in it. It just felt incredibly uncomfortable to hey, watch. Hey, that's HBO, baby. Yeah, but but I mean, like, there's HBO baseline levels of nudity that you expect, and then there's <laughs> Game of Thrones. And especially, I mean, it's crazy to go, maybe you noticed this when you went back and rewatched the whole series, but the first season especially has so much nudity in it. Oh, yeah. And so much sex. They and, definitely dialed it back yeah, like, as, as the show went on, because... I think they were definitely very receptive to like the kind of feedback they were getting from, you know, just people talking about it. Yeah. After, I think like, I guess it was like season five, like, or whenever the Red Wedding was, like you kind of noticed they kind of got soft. Yeah. As they, far as like- They like cut back the gore, both the, the violence nudity, and the, the nudity. People dying. Yeah. They're like killing off people's favorite characters. Like you really didn't see that as much. Like- like especially in the, what it's like stands out to me is, um, like when Tormund was like defending the wall from, you know, the blue-eyed white dragon burning it down. Like he totally should have died then in that season, like yeah. or in that episode. But I mean, like a lot of people love that character, so they just I don't know kept him around for some reason. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. I think what you're what you're pointing out is that in the later seasons they kind of lose the edge of killing off characters, whereas that was kind of one of the main draws of the series. At least for me, I really liked the idea that any character could die at any point. Right, right. It felt very unlike anything else on TV, and especially in this genre of fantasy and things like that. And I think one of the reasons that it kind of started fading away from that is that the show started to pr supersede the books. There weren't any books to base off the, the TV writing from. And so when that happened... 
George R. R. Martin, who was notorious for just killing off characters willy nilly, he he didn't have a say anymore. And so that's why people like Tormund started surviving. Yeah, that's a good point. Did you notice a dip in quality? So that that happened when when does Jon Snow die? Is that end of season five? I want to say it's the end of season five. I think you're right. Or season six, some, somewhere right in that area. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is five. season five because I remember. So I started watching it season six. It was when everyone's like, Jon Snow's alive. Yeah, yeah. That's like <laughs> when I started watching. So it had to have been season five. Yeah. So that was, I think, the last time that they had book material. And then after that, now they've just been soft, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the other thing that kind of happened towards the end of the season is that the showrunners decided that they kind of just basically wanted to be done, right? And they they cut down the amount of episodes that were in each season and things started to feel rushed at the end, at least that's kind of the general consensus, right? Did did you guys notice that? Did you feel that? I, I definitely noticed it in the last two seasons. The thing is, if they were like trying, so them trying to fit all of those stories into the like the two season wrap up that we got from seven and eight, given the amount of time that they had, I think it was a good job. Like, I think, like, a lot of people are saying, like, there's so many like stories left untold, there's so many like unresolved mysteries. Like, I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I don't like feel anyone was left out of the ending like i don't think there's any like huge holes that like we never got an answer for but it definitely was limited in the amount of depth that they could have gone into as far as like you know prophecies and you know where people should have ended up like there was definitely a lot of potential i guess well i think they also just sort of started like abandoning things that made the show feel real and different like one of the huge things that really pissed me off in the later seasons was that it felt like people were able to just fast travel between locations. Oh, yeah. So like in like <laughs> season... running all the way back to... Yeah. Uh... Oh, don't even get me started with that. That guy... Get that guy in the marathon podcast. Yeah, somehow, <laughs> seriously. Somehow he was... And we're talking about the, uh, the wall episode where they go beyond the wall, right? So somehow Gendry was able to run all the way to the wall, tell them to send a raven to Danny... The raven flies to Danny in Dragonstone, and then Danny with her dragon flies all the way from Dragonstone to beyond the wall to go save John and the rest of those people, all within the time that they wouldn't freeze to death. Like a day. Yeah. <laughs> or like even a night. And, and and it took them like, what, two days to walk out there? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I think the the thing about that is that that wouldn't be that big of a deal in a show that didn't take itself as seriously as Game of Thrones took itself in the earlier seasons. That was the huge thing to me, that it was introducing all these rules and, oh, you know, Arya's going to spend three months and a whole season going from Winterfell to King's Landing mm-hmm. in earlier seasons, and then boom, it's yeah. it happens in a scene transition, you know? That being said, like I think that they did a really good job of staying on brand game of thrones brand in their kind of character changes or like the the pivots throughout the show i feel like even in the later seasons i agree that it was rushed and at times you're like this is going too fast or this really isn't what you were watching one through five they still whenever you know you got comfortable with a character they still made a move where you know you didn't see something coming or you were like you you almost it was like that Game of Thrones moments where like, how did, the, how did this happen? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the 
not to, I feel like I'm going to spoil something right now, but maybe I'll hold off on this. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. 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 Let's, let's talk a little bit about that in a second. Yeah. Um, we'll just dig into the final now, the finale. I mean, if it was anything, it was definitely divisive, right? I think some people liked it. Some people hated it. I think most people might've hated it actually. I don't know. Just based on what I've seen online. Um, so I'm just going to put a spoiler warning here for the Game of Thrones series finale. That's my secret, Cap. I'm always angry. All right, Colin. So, what do you want to talk about? Like, you got comfortable, right, with Danny being this like liberator, good person. You know, she's been campaigning, campaigning, and like you kind of saw a transition of her kind of melting down, getting you know burning the candle at both ends. And you didn't think she would, you know, go bad. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. when she started burning the city down and that one decision, right? Like that moment where she just, you know, she took off the wall and then fire. It was like, it was like a a Game of Thrones moment. You know what I mean? Where I feel like you you have those moments throughout and they still kept that even in the new stuff, which I feel was like on brand and, and is kind of what kept me like so engaged with the show all the way through. It was like, you know what I mean? Like, like it was the, hard to anticipate what was going to happen. Anticipate what's going on and and what that one moment that changes everything. You know what I mean? It's so strong. Yeah. You know, like that first episode, the King of the North gets his head cut off, or you know, like one of the first episodes, and you're just like, yeah, I think that's the season finale. Oh, okay. Yeah, at the end of season one, you're you're sitting there like, what is going on? My world's over. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to watch this show anymore. And then yeah. it keeps on going, keeps on going. So I think they did a good job in terms of that, where even when they were rushing or it felt like, you know, this is moving too fast, they still did a good job of, you know, having these moments where we're like, what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, th- I think most of the issues aren't with what the story was. Like, I think everyone is fine with, like, how, like, Danny ended up, how, you know, Arya and Sansa and Bran all ended up. Like, what the resolution was, I think most people are just upset as like how they got there yeah so it's and, like, like not where it's they just ended like, up but it's just like it could have been told so much better yeah i mean that definitely was the frustration for me in the finale but i don't think i hated it as much as some people do yeah i, I definitely didn't hate it like i still thought it was like extremely entertaining like it's still like my favorite show by far I don't know. When you have a show that this, that's like this good, people love to nitpick it yeah, and, like and find holes. I mean, the other thing that I like to think, the way I like to think about it is that if you have a student that's consistently getting A's and then he turns out a C, that's kind of, you know, you're going to not be happy with it. But then if you have some shitty show that's churning out D's and then they get a C, that's like, okay. You know, so... Even though it was a, I I genuinely do think this season in general was a dip in quality as far as Game of Thrones is concerned. It's still better and than most TV. You know, it's still good TV. Yeah. But I do think that there is merit to criticizing it as well. And I, my criticisms personally don't necessarily like prevent me from hating or prevent me from liking the finale. But I don't know. It, it I would have liked. A perfect finale, you know, right? In a perfect world. So, Colin, how did you feel about the finale? I actually liked it. Uh, Other than One Piece, I I thought it was pretty good ending to, you know, going into the episode, how they came out of it. I thought it was, like, pretty solid. Um, The one part that I absolutely 
actually got me pretty mad. And like, I knew when it happened immediately is when, you know, so Jon Snow murders the queen and he's thrown into a cell. And then, you know, two weeks later, you know what I mean? Like, it, like it just, there was a span of, like I was a flash forward. Yeah. I was really excited for that, that moment of how everybody was going to react. You know what I mean? You yeah. know, and, and like the Dothraki, you know, I wanted to see their reaction, you know, and that part was kind of miss, missed. And I feel like that was like the complicated piece I was really excited for. Um, but on either ends, I, I enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed the back end and I enjoyed the front end. I just wish the transition, I felt like it was just like really cold, you know, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that whole like two week dark period is like pretty defining as to why everyone's upset with the mm. last two seasons. It's just like, there's so many like details that could have been in there that just yeah. aren't. Like and why that didn't... happens in like previous episodes throughout season eight too. It's like, right. Yeah. Like why didn't Drogon set fire to Jon Snow when he saw he put a knife through Danny's heart? Like why did he decide to. There's a metaphor, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> why does dragons understand symbolisms of chairs yeah. instead of <laughs> knives through hearts? Like, why would Jon Snow say, oh, yeah, hey, Grey Worm, I murdered Danny. Like, please don't kill me. Or, like, start a war with the North. Because yeah. that would be uncool, pal. Yeah. Um, I feel like instead- that ruined Grey Worm for me. Because now he's left he's left being this, like, kind of like a jerk. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. you get, like, why he's still around. But, like, maybe there was a conversation where they actually came to, like, a baseline understanding where it makes everything okay. And you're okay with him being this, like you know, jerk, but he's still a past slave that's now the leader of the free world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's kind of got his own, you know. So I, I feel like I just wish it was more f- more full. It kind of felt like an assassination on Grey Worm's character just by kind of sidelining him from all the action and not letting him be anything other than kind of like a villain character, right? Mm. But we should talk about the results of our Deadpool. So prior to the start of the season, the three of us and a whole bunch of our other friends decided to predict who was going to live and then who was going to die. But there was a catch where the points were given to accurate predictions based on the betting odds from a website that I found. It's called betvector.com. And so, for example, Euron Greyjoy, everybody predicted that he was definitely going to die. So he had a 98% chance of dying. And so if you bet that he would die, you'd only get two points. But if you bet that he would live and you were right, you'd get 98 points. So there was this bit of strategy involved, right? Um, So in total, we had odds for 21 characters. And then we also had double points for the odds of who would ultimately win the Game of Thrones and sit on the Iron Throne. And actually, Bran was the one with the highest odds for that. So people must have known and tried to go use insider trading. Well, I mean to... it's I mean it's called Game of Thrones and he's been sitting in a chair the whole time. I uh... mean how would you not see that coming? <laughs> okay. Uh in total there were 15 of us playing and that included the three of us. And it's actually great that both of you are here because of out of 697 total points possible, Jason, you were the winner of our Deadpool hey. with 451 points. Let's go. So congratulations. Easy money. <laughs> I was second with 407 and then Colin was 15th with 247. So (laughs) DFL, Colin, congratulations. Doesn't doesn't feel good. (laughs) So Jason, just what was your strategy with planning your picks? And maybe Colin, you can take some notes for the next time we do this. The next show. Um, I don't know if there was a strategy involved. I think I based most of it off 
killing off the villains with sprinkling in, you know, a couple of the good guys dying. Mm-hmm. I definitely had most of the combat warriors like Jorah, uh, Beric, like all those guys who are going to be on the front line, the Hound. I had most of them dying, I think, which ended up happening, except for maybe Brienne. Yeah, and also Grey Worm didn't die. Yeah, so I'm actually really, really upset that Grey Worm didn't die. Why? (laughs) So from season five, if you... If you look at the trends of who died and who lived, every one of like the main characters who gave into their demons and just said like screw all this like development I've had as a character throughout the entire show, I'm just going to go be what I was in episode 1. All those characters died. If you look at the Hound, he was always like spiteful and revengeful of the mountain. He didn't notice or like he didn't recognize that the castle was falling and that he was probably going to kill him. So he went and fought him and he died. Jamie spent seven seasons becoming a good guy and abandoning Cersei to go fight with the North against the White Walkers. In the last episode, he was like, oh, no, I love Cersei. He died for that. Mm-hmm. Cersei was stubborn, stayed in the Red Keep, refused to surrender. She died for that. However, Arya, like John, all those people who were like, we're not going to follow Danny anymore. We're are not going to follow the Hound anymore. They ran. They didn't give in to whatever motives they had, and they lived for it. They didn't die in that episode. And even Danny, who succumbed to her demons and torched the entire city, she ended up dying in the last episode. <laughs> the only person who didn't who gave into their demons and lived was Grey Worm. Yeah. So like because he was mad that Missandei died. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And he was he it's was killing those people in the streets. You know, that was... Yeah, yeah, and he was... Yeah, yeah, murdering prisoners of war. Mm -hmm. And he just got to sail off to nowhere. Yeah, he got a happy ending. He got a happy ending, even though he was basically a bad guy. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) the only one. So those are like... So that... The only, like, my two biggest issues with the last season was Grey Worm living and Cersei dying to a rock. Like, she's been one of okay, the biggest it was, villains. It was multiple rocks. <laughs> but somehow she ends up at the top of the rock pile. Yeah. yeah I yeah. had that criticism, too. It's like, it's like a little layer of rocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... Cersei was, like, for how evil of a person she was the entire show, for her to die in her lover's arms to a rock was rather disappointing. Yeah. I mean, I didn't I didn't have too much of a problem with that because it, it felt kind of... They didn't get the satisfaction of killing Cersei, which feels real. Again, a more conventional story that would happen. The hero always gets to beat the bad guy. But in this show where shit just happens because it's quote unquote real life, right? You don't always get to get revenge. You don't always get to have that sweet satisfaction of the person that you hate the most dying horribly or something you know so i didn't have a huge problem with that but i do understand why that was super frustrating imagine she's like running through the red keep rocks are falling everywhere she's in tears she thinks i'm gonna die this is a moment where all everything i work for my family is coming to an end she sees jamie in the in the distance coming her her savior coming to save her her. and then he just puts a knife through her heart (laughs) imagine how sweet that would have been yeah yeah that's true (laughs) This is super off topic, but Cersei also based on like the travel time that it takes to get from 
uh, Winterfell to King's Landing has the gestation period of like an elephant or something. <laughs> like she's, she's oh, got to just not be... even get started about the elephants. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh well, yeah. I don't, I don't think they would have made much uh, difference. Well, yeah. I mean, the Golden <laughs> Company was absolutely just ravaged by Drogon in an instant. But yeah, so I mean, this show does do. Um, a thing very often of quote unquote subverting expectations, right? But I think what separates some of these things in these seasons versus the subversions in earlier seasons is that the subversions in the earlier seasons feel natural and it doesn't feel like they're subverting just for subversion's sake. Right. Yeah. And if I can, you know, I got dead last out here. I look, I look like a moron, but <laughs> there are. So don't listen to anything he says. Yeah. I'll just mute you. I <laughs> I did have a strategy which doesn't sound too crazy. And it's throughout, you know, early on, people yeah. died. Like there was no loyalty to characters, you know, like like if you're gonna die, you're gonna die. And I was pretty uh pessimistic on my uh my voting. Um yeah. and I, I kind of followed this idea of like, you know, one person's gonna sit in that throne and a lot of people are gonna die t- to try to get there. And I knew I was in really big trouble because I feel like they what you were just going off of, like averting, you know, to try to save characters. Yeah. Um, the battle with the White Walkers. I knew when I looked over or like when the camera panned over and Sam was sitting in a pile of dead walkers crying and and he wasn't dead. I was like, <laughs> I am so screwed. <laughs> I was like, people are not dying. Like I thought like they're supposed to like yeah. fall off like flies. And so many people lived in that that yeah, I don't even get started yeah, with that episode. Yeah. That episode made me very angry. So I took it more as, hey, we're going to have like two or three people at the end of the day and yeah. everybody lived. Yeah, I made I made some stupid mistakes. I was like, oh, Arya's going to die. And I had some other people that I was predicting were going to die too. Maybe I had, no, I had Tyrion live. I don't know. I like what you did there. You said stupid mistakes from my whole, my whole racket now. <laughs> stupid mistakes. Who did you have winning, Colin? The the Thrones, do you know? We can check. I think quick. it was Jon Snow. Yes, it was. Yeah. Jason, do you know who you had? I had Danny. Okay. Yeah, I, so, had... I mean, she was she had it for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't wrong. She fumbled the Technically, ball. <laughs> she butt fumbled. Yeah. I had Sansa on the throne. That's a great pick. And I was really she, hoping. I... You did kind of get that right. Yeah, I was just the wrong throne, I guess. Yeah. Like, or it might have been the only throne. Yeah, well, yeah. Other well. than the wheelchair. Yeah. So, what do you guys think about <laughs> other than <laughs> the wheelchair? <laughs> Speaking of wheelchairs, what do you think about the decision to make Bran the king? How'd it feel? I like it. I think they could have done a better job of making it like instead of him being him like, yeah, duh, that's why I've been here the whole time. I feel like they could have made it a little bit more like somebody else is tr- they're starting to figure out that he's been playing this game for... Was he, though? That The way I took it is, he's a, you know, a three-eyed raven. He oh, sees so he it just all. always knew? He, 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 his whole plan was to try to get to be the king of, of all these people, you know? I feel like that's kind of what he said in that comment with that comment where he's like why do you think i came all this way or something like that but he also um, said like i don't really want anymore so i don't yeah. know if it was yeah. like him scheming i think it was just him knowing what the country need or not the country but the realm needed and he knew that there wouldn't be peace any other way yeah well did you like this decision jason i thought it was okay I I still think it could have been 
I don't know. I'm I'm kind of disappointed with his. Yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> disappointed want. with his character as far as like the potential he had, mm-hmm. and like however seasons ago it was, he was able to like warg into Hodor. You're not supposed to be able to do that to other humans. Like he's supposed to be like this protege that can be become the three eyed raven and do these like incredibly powerful things. And all he does is sits in a chariot all day. And like, why did who did he warg into during the Battle of Winterfell? Like he wasn't there the entire time. And he we got like, like, I have to go. Yeah, he goes and then <laughs> just shows up after <laughs> everyone's just, dead. Pee. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Um, so I think that the the Bran King. That makes sense as a decision in the realm. It yeah. makes sense for Tyrion to suggest that. But I think as far as storytelling, it's just really lame and completely out of left field. And it feels like, again, one of those swerves for swerving sake. And my guess is that, like, I, th- I think they should have, because he just wasn't in a whole season of this show at one point. Do you right. remember that? Was it a quick fix? You know, you're talking about the writers and they don't write anymore. Was that a quick way to... Which one? Like making him king. Is, I don't know. Is that a quick like... I mean, I guess we will never know unless yeah. George R. Martin yeah. writes his books, which he probably never will. Mm-hmm. And he also puts Bran on the throne. I Yeah, I don't know if they were just like, oh, whatever, we'll just put Bran on the throne because nobody will expect it. Or what I think it is, is that they always knew that Bran was going to be on the throne and they were too worried about making it a surprise that they didn't make it seem organic in mm-hmm. the storytelling. And that was like a huge problem with uh, Westworld season two, mm-hmm. for example. So like Westworld season one was super intricate and thought out, but because Reddit exists, yeah. people knew the ending of that story basically to a T yeah. after the first two episodes. No, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and so then in the second season, they were like, well, fuck you, Reddit. We're going to make it incredibly convoluted. And then the reveal at the end of season two, because there's another reveal, it doesn't make any sense. And that whole season sucks. So, like, I think it's somewhat similar here that they felt like they wanted to make it seem surprising and it was just too surprising. And it's like, why is it Bran? He literally hasn't been in the first five episodes of this season. So maybe had- that's what kind of pissed me off. Would have been sick. What what's the term you use when he goes into Warg? Org? Or warg. Warg? Yeah. Warg. If he like did something like that with uh uh Tyrion in the in, in, in that two week period where like he was in his head or something like that, you know what I mean? Or yeah. I guess he doesn't talk, but you, you maybe like hinted or like did a little tease of like, whoa, this might be an idea, you know, this like Yeah, or maybe have him like this is completely different, but like warg into a dragon during the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah. Or, you know, have a couple lines other than just, I saw you get raped, Sansa. You're a good man, <laughs> Theon. Like, yeah, like... <laughs> now go run into the Night King, which he totally won't see coming and definitely won't stab you in the heart. Give me three seconds more. <laughs> so that, yeah, it's just... Yeah. Also, weren't you guys expecting him to warg into... The dragon at the end of the show, I thought that that was gonna happen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he, he said, said he was maybe going I could to find him, right? Yeah, but why? Did, like, I, I feel like I would love to see that. That would be crazy. And then yeah. it's a glimpse at where you know, you know, the new world, this new world that they're going off to go find. You know what I mean? That would be that would have been sick. And then you have millions of dollars in a new TV show. <laughs> so well, 
Yes, I mean, they've actively said that they don't want to do any sequel series to this. They're doing a prequel series, I know that. Mm -hmm. But they explicitly were like, we're not going to have a spinoff series of, uh, what's her name, Arya in Westeros. And yeah, I'd guess the same thing, that we're not probably not going to have a Bran the King spinoff. Imagine the dragon just seeing like Arya down, like her ship sailing off and then the dragon's like above. That would have been cool. <laughs> Sorry. Another thing I was disappointed about in the Battle of Winterfell, like obviously they were all saying the crypts are the safest place. Like they said that, I don't know, 40 times. So like everyone knew people were going to come to life in yeah. the crypts. Uh, but in season two, when Sansa was in King's Landing with Cersei as, you know, prisoner for... Joffrey, they made like a huge deal about getting Ned Stark's remains back to Winterfell so that he could rest in the crypts with his ancestors. Imagine how like badass it would have been if Ned Stark's like ghost comes to life and Jon Snow has to like hand hand to hand combat his like <laughs> his Didn't, dead father. Don't they burn bodies though at Winterfell or something? Huh? I don't with, know. Maybe the... maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, the I, the whole we can we can totally shit on the Battle of Winterfell if you oh, are. Yeah. <laughs> that whole I, scene, there's so much untapped potential in that entire thing. Like for the longest TV show and the long or the longest episode and the longest battle ever filmed or whatever, mm-hmm. it was so just average. And there were so many things like that, like oh, let's set up something about the crypts and make it really interesting and maybe Sansa and, and uh, Tyrion will do something interesting. Nope. They just hide behind Hold hands. the box. <laughs> and then, oh, we're going to have the entire Night King army rise up all the dead people and we're going to focus on that one Dothraki guy that we're supposed to know and Lyanna and uh, Ed coming back to life. And then we just don't see them. Yeah. We don't see them do anything when they're zombies. again. It's just a whole bunch of little tiny things like that. I, I really didn't like that episode. I I think it's most of the criticisms are about what they didn't show or like what they didn't do. Yeah, like untapped Not, potential. Yeah, so like what they did show was like fine, like the opening scene with the Dothraki running with the flaming oh, swords, cool. like that was incredible, and like the scene of you know Danny burning down King's Landing, like that was incredibly emotional, and like seeing the family that was trying to help Arya escape get torched, that was super sad and like really good tv like honestly yeah like there wasn't what they did show wasn't like it was like bad it's just there was so much more they could have done yeah i think that criticism can be applied to just this entire season is that i don't necessarily have a problem with anything they did or where it got them it's just kind of how they did it yep so like for example in the series finale there i have all these whole a whole bunch of questions on plots that were brought up in this show that just weren't really resolved. And I know you said that you didn't really care about the plots that they didn't resolve, but yeah. there's a couple, for example, why did John have to die? That whole thing meant nothing. There was no consequence for it. There was no... In the Night's Watch, you mean? Yeah. Hmm. Nothing happened with that. Why did it matter that he was a Targaryen? That whole thing had nothing to do with so, the outcomes of this. I mean, I guess it's sort of I think, at odds with Danny. Yeah, I think I think the main reason for that is just to, like, he wouldn't have killed her if he wasn't a Targaryen. Because you're saying that he, he wouldn't have had to kill her because right, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's fair. 
Like being like Jon Snow's character being like, you know, super loyal, never breaking his word, like yeah. always following his queen. He wouldn't have done that if he was just Jon Snow. Okay. What was the point of like the Lord of Light? That's only I feel like that was just yeah, left out completely. I feel like that was a I thought that was gonna be turn into some though, sort yeah. of yeah, it was gonna have some sort of impact on how this turned out or no, she just came for a little bit to light some stuff up so that we could see the battle and then die. She died. I don't know. That all that stuff was annoying. Why did Arya have to learn how to make all those Mission Impossible masks that she could rip off? Yeah. I thought that was gonna come. The only reason she used that was to kill the Walder Frey. Yeah, Walder Frey. That was really the only time she used it. I thought it was gonna come into play when she uh went down there like by herself you know the, all these armies coming in but she was gonna sneak in by herself i was like she's definitely gonna like do this face shape-shifting you know to get in and, and get to the queen because like that was the whole build-up i was waiting for is you know she died with rocks and i don't really have a big problem with it like you know it's how she died but i was expecting this standoff between these between two Arya yeah and Cersei. yeah so i thought she was either gonna impersonate Cersei or impersonate Danny at some point. I don't know. I also thought that um, we're kind of jumping all over the place, but in the attack on King's Landing, when that Master Pycelle guy came to talk to Cersei to bring her away from the window, I uh, thought that might have been Arya. Damn. I was like, oh, that would be cool if that he was pretending sick. to be Pycelle. But yeah. no, it was just him, and then Pycelle gets smashed. Smash. Okay, yeah. imagine the scenario I had earlier of Cersei crying in the Red Keep, awaiting her doom. And she sees Jamie to come and save her. And boom, and it's, it's, it's Arya. Arya. <laughs> she stabs her in the heart. Oh my gosh, so much better. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair point. Rocks are poetic, though, <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like a layer, a single layer of rocks. That's that's enough to kill a person. Apparently. Maybe, maybe it's sort of rolled out. I don't know. Also, the one rock that there's like a chunk that falls on her when she dies. Like it's a, it's not a low rock. It's a huge rock. Yeah. And then when they find her, it's all these little bricks. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. wait, what? Like, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that whole season or that whole scene was just so that Peter Dinklage could act, I think, and be sad about it. And he I, thought he, yeah, I he, thought he did yeah. a really good job. Yeah, it, was, did, yeah. Yeah. it reminded me of why he's such a good actor. So that was kind of okay for me, but I had a couple other nitpicks like that in this episode. There's the whole thing where Danny's giving a giant speech to (laughs) all her armies. Right. And it reminded me of like the first order in star Wars, right. When Hux is giving it, there's no way that her, commanders or her soldiers can hear her yeah. when she's yelling that out right especially in the back and so then i started thinking do you position so for example let's say you're you're lined up for battle and you're on the battlefield and then your your commander comes out and gives you a speech from from the front of the line do you position yourself like somewhere in the middle of the pack so that you don't want to be in the front because you're probably going to die if you're in the first wave. But you don't want to be in the back because you can't hear the rousing Braveheart speech. Yeah. Right? So you have to try and like position yourself in the most optimal way that you won't die, but you'll, you'll still get, get to hear everything. I think I would like to man the trebuchets. The trebuchets. <laughs> to which throw they, Admir Tully's baby. <laughs> which they only used once in yeah. the battle. They shot once. 
<laughs> they built a trench like three feet wide. <laughs> there was another part of this episode that I kind of thought was just basically a shit show, which was the whole dragon pit thing. And it felt like this weird mismatch of tones. Like it was serious and then goofy and they clearly didn't really know how to write natural dialogue to get to the point that they wanted to do to introduce Bran as the king and everything like that. And I thought that joke where it wasn't a joke, but Sam, he basically suggests democracy. Yeah. <laughs> and then they all pause for a second and then they just laugh at him. I hate when movies do that, yeah. where they do that pause thing and then they laugh. Has that ever happened to you in real life ever? No. Where yeah. people d- no. don't say anything try and think it's serious, and then they all just break out into laughter. I, yeah, that's pretty corny. Yeah, it, it happened also in that episode with, uh, what's his name, Ed Sheeran, when he came oh, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arya yeah. was telling them that... In the woods. Yeah, I'm going to kill the queen. Why wouldn't you take that seriously? I don't understand. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like the... I, I wanted it to be more intense. I wanted it to like have you know my my knuckles going white and then they started making jokes and sam i think i love sam's my favorite character are you he, serious yeah he's like one of my favorite characters probably second behind john uh, why i just I, like through it up until the last season i just liked this whole kind of transformation he almost you know you'd like is this battle of confidence and i don't know i just i'm a big fan so yeah yeah it's been I, a real bummer when he let Ed die in uh, the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah, and the fact that he was crying on that pile, I was like, "Somebody, please put a sword through this guy's head." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah," and there was there was no uh, retribution for that yeah. thing either, which was frustrating. Yeah. yeah, but like, why? You know, I understand. You know, he's he's got a lot of power now, but why was he talking so much in that circle? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just didn't make any sense. I was like, "You need to stop talking." One of my, so I. I... I actually read this on Reddit, but you could have taken Braun out of the entire season and it wouldn't have been any different. Yeah. Like he's his But who would have been master of coin? Jason. <laughs> Literally the most, anyone the most anyone relevant. else responsible and not some greedy <laughs> yeah. cell sword. Yeah. I mean he only had what, like three scenes this season? Yeah, he had like five lines. Yeah, I don't know. I think people that's another character like Tormund that I think they just couldn't kill because he was a favorite. Yeah, no, he was one but, of my favorite characters. But he, yeah, he should have died in uh, that battle, the loot train battle. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. There should have been so many characters cut down much longer before this season. But he he whatever. saves Jamie in that battle, right? I think, or like something with water. Yeah, because Jamie runs straight at the dragon yeah. and he tackles him into the water. Great time to kill him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. kill him there. Jamie lives. Consequence for Jamie doing something stupid. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. Jason, who's your favorite character? I'm just curious now that Colin came out as a Sam supporter. <laughs> Probably Tormund. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. His unconditional love for Brienne was pretty <laughs> pretty great to watch. Yeah. Did you like his, his Giants Bane story? <laughs> I loved his Giants Bane story and I loved how supportive he was when Brienne was getting knighted. Seeing yeah. him almost this big bulky man almost cry. Oh. So sweet. <laughs> yeah. My favorite character is definitely Pod. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Padre too. Padre, yeah. yeah. And he became a knight, so good for him. See, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Those characters, I feel like Sam's one of those characters where like he, he never did anything <laughs> where you're like, you know, he's like serious, funny, sad, gets all the emotion, but there's never a moment where like like, whoa, I don't 
you know, I'm not about this. You know, I don't, I don't like, they never really frustrated you in a negative yeah, way. I mean, he's yeah. very sincere. I guess my frustration with Sam always was just that there were so many more interesting characters that I wanted yeah. to spend time with that I didn't need Sam vomiting on a ship to <laughs> freaking the biggest library or whatever that yeah, whole thing. Yeah, that, just, yeah. just small stuff like that. But I did like the, the nods though. And like that whole scene one that I thought the dragon glass was crazy. Awesome scene where, you know, he kills that white Walker. Oh yeah. And then later what's the, where does he go? What's the name of that? The Citadel. The I Citadel. Yeah. When he's there and then he kind of like breaks the rules and, and, uh, you know, treats, uh, what's his name? Danny's, man oh uh jorah jorah yeah. yeah like i thought that was just so sick um yeah like think about it if that stuff didn't happen you imagine how painful that would be yeah <laughs> that's that's a sidetrack sorry yeah. go ahead no but i was like that those like two things were probably the most important thing like important pieces you know maybe they didn't figure those two things out yeah true it's like you know the whole thing falls apart i don't know i just i yeah. like that stuff so. what do you think about him like mugging the camera and being like it's the song of fire and ice guys when he gave that book to Tyrion. yeah you know what i'm talking about yep, yeah i do and he's like oh i helped make the title and stuff like that yeah yeah i thought that was pretty cheesy and yeah. stupid but yeah it's fine that yeah that whole scene was pretty corny yeah it, it felt almost like a bottle episode of a sitcom or something yeah. where it was just these personalities kind of riffing off of each other or something it, it didn't feel very game of thrones i feel like it's one of those things where like after the credits go through and then all of a sudden like you know the second song in the credits and it gets a little like happier or something like yeah. they look goofy and then they just like put that in the middle you know what i mean where it's like oh wow like a little something you yeah know i guess I mean? they were trying to like keep it light after yeah. all the sad stuff that happened this season but it did feel super weird do you guys have anything else you want to talk about i just want to say that like as much like criticism as it does have it's still like by far my favorite show that i've ever watched uh, yeah and like i'm still definitely gonna watch it again probably yeah in the near future is it's just i wish there was like another season yeah or a couple or more episodes. two hour long episodes every single one you know yeah like two more hour long episodes or no i think each one be like two hour like make each uh, one its own movie kind yeah. of uh type yeah. deal yeah i don't I mean, I understand, I empathize with them wanting to move on to different things. Like, I think filming this stuff and doing the whole series is just super time-consuming from yeah. the showrunner's perspective. And they're going to do a Star Wars thing next. So I understand them wanting to move on. But I don't totally understand why HBO wouldn't just be like, okay, finish up until season eight, and then we'll do nine and ten with different people. Yeah. Or something. I, I not different actors but different creators like i don't i don't totally understand why hbo is like yeah we'll just let you shorten this and make it rush i don't totally i yeah. i feel like for hbo they'd want to get as many episodes out of this as possible right yeah and it would be like, a lot look at like, what's, what's happening to star wars like so like they made an entire another trilogy for it yeah like because people loved it yeah and i, I don't know maybe I, they were contractually obligated to let them finish it I, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. But yeah, I definitely feel like all the problems that most people and at least me had with these last two seasons would be extending the seasons and then putting like a third season or whatever. So making it nine seasons or 10 seasons. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much money to be made 
entertainment to have. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. so much like wealth and joy bottled up left that I feel like they didn't like rushing it for what, you know, it, the trade-off doesn't seem rational. Yeah. Yeah. I still really liked it though. Yeah. Same. Same. <laughs> I, yeah. Jason still stands. Okay. So let's move on to our point two section where we talk about some of the other stuff that we've been watching. Jason, what have you been watching? Well, I've been pretty consumed by Game of Thrones um, since the season started, um, but I'm excited to start season two of Barry as well as the Chernobyl show. Oh, yeah. I want to check that out. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to start watching Barry because I think the... I can't remember his character, but... I'm sorry, Jason. This is not what are you going to be watching. Okay, it's well, have I've, you been, been watching? I've been busy. I've been Read busy. the show notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I have seen season one of Barry, though, so that counts. Okay. And I just want to say that the... I can't remember his name, but the bald, like, gangster guy. Oh, I think I he's one of the him. funniest characters, I like, in TV. Him. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you just stole my thunder a little bit. My show is uh, Barry, or what else I've been watching is Barry season two. And if you, Jason, if you liked season one, I think season two is, uh, is stupid, but it's twice as good. I don't know. It's just sweet. It's a very, very good show. I think that the the characters feel a lot more fleshed out and it feels like they finally know what the characters want to do and it they know how to balance the tone that they still do really well in season one of this kind of violent uh what is he even like a hitman yeah. who just wants to be an actor it's just so funny and the acting i think is fantastic but also some of the filmmaking behind it is just pretty incredible like some of the the long takes that they do and the way it's filmed it's just it's a gorgeous looking show and for a show that's only 28 minutes or whatever, that's pretty surprising. So definitely check out Barry. I'd, let me know what you think about season two. There's one episode in particular that feels... Have you seen Atlanta? No. Okay, never mind. But there's an episode in season two of Barry that feels like it basically has no impact on the plot. So it's kind of just this random episode that they decided that they wanted to do something ridiculous. And it's there's there's a little girl in it, and it's just so funny and weird. So once I'm, you get I'm to looking that, forward to let it. me know. Let me know. And also, I I am watching The Bachelorette. Oh yeah, are you really? I, I know Didn't you're. Just, I know you're a big fan, Marty. I've I've stopped watching just because. <laughs> I mean, I was I was all for it, you know, a couple of years ago, but now I don't have a whole bunch of time, <laughs> so I can't justify. I remember. Like maybe it was two seasons ago when I stopped watching it, but one of the most recent seasons, the opening episode was like four hours. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And I I, I was just I don't I don't have four hours for anything, much less The Bachelor. Oh, I watched so so the first episode I watched all the intros of the characters of her like of them getting off the limo or whatever and meeting yeah. them, and then I just skipped to the rose ceremony for The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, for the first okay, episode. That's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe I'll do that, like do an abridged version of watching it or something. Yeah. Colin, have you ever watched these shows? Yeah, I cannot stand it. It's always <laughs> on. It's always on in my house. <laughs> Why? Um, my mom loves the show. Okay. Loves it. And I I like it like it will put me in a bad mood. Like I will get really <laughs> cranky and like <laughs> I I definitely watch it I don't want to say ironically, because I do like it. Oh, I definitely but, watch it ironically. But it's like yeah, I don't know. It's it's just really 
my favorite part about it is picking teams yeah and trying to draft the yeah, the fantasy and stuff. aspect yeah. yeah that's my favorite part if i didn't do that i i couldn't handle it yeah so what have you been watching if you haven't been wasting your time with the bats yeah. like, like jason <laughs> um so i have been tearing through entourage 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 sorry yeah. yes yeah um i've been putting in probably about they're short they're only like you skip the the intro theme song. It's probably like 25 minute long episodes. Really? Yeah. It's pretty short episodes. Oh, I always thought that they were like 45 minutes or something. Some of them might, some of them might be season I'm on right now. Okay. They're like 28 minutes, uh, but I am loving it. Uh, and it's crazy because I just went just, you know, Game of Thrones to this is total, you know, 180. But There's lots of boobs in Honorage too. Yeah, there is. Not as much as Game of Thrones nice. though. But, uh, yeah, which is nuts. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. But, just like it's so different it's it's short quick light each episode's kind of got its own story you know they don't really have too many long yeah just Um, quickly summarize what the show's about for people who yeah so heard of it um there's this movie star vincent chase uh that's originally from queens and he moves out to la and it's all about him kind of starting his career but the catch is is that his three best friends come out with him and they each have a role in uh in his career uh and then it's just kind of like their trials and tribulations did i say that right yeah so it's a pretty good show it's funny it's you know easy to watch you can be doing yeah. something else while it's on and i love it i uh yeah a lot of great quotes uh there's this character ari gold I, you know what I mean? Like whatever he says, uh, I just can't get enough of it. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty fun. So. Yeah. I've, I've watched that show. I plowed through it like two or three years ago. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. It's old. It's, it's, it's like, what is it? 2006 or something like that? Yeah. Or? Maybe that's when it started and yeah. then it went to like 2012 or something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How far are you in it? I am just finishing up season four. So by okay. start season five. Yeah. Okay. And I think there's six seasons, right? Uh, yep. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I I really like it's I think it's in season two when he's trying to be in the Aquaman movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the whole premise of that thing is that it's ridiculous to be in an Aquaman movie. But that was now there's that an was, actual Aquaman movie. Yeah. And it was and, yeah. And it was before it was before the superhero craze and everything like that. Yeah. So superheroes were still this really untested property. Yeah. So some of the inside Hollywood stuff I think is really cool. Yeah. And then there's all sorts of cameos and stuff. Yeah, the cameos, I mean, that's kind of what I live for too. It's like, yeah. it's, that's, yeah. So. It definitely plays to that, oh, hey, I know that kind of yeah. good feeling. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Really see you. Um, one thing I do want to bring up is I saw a trailer last night for the first time. Uh, first time I saw you guys might already know. I can't remember the name, but... Leonardo this DiCaprio. This is the first trailer you've ever seen. No, no, sorry. It's the first time I've seen it. So you guys oh, might, oh. you guys <laughs> might have seen it already a whole bunch, but it's the first time I've seen it uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, and they're it's like a Hollywood type. Yeah, it's the uh, Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, yeah. Once, once upon a time in once, Hollywood. Yeah, that's it. I haven't seen the trailer yet. It looked, that sounds hype. It looked great. Yeah. It also the trailer so for Westworld 3 looked hype. Yeah, I've I've started getting into a habit of not watching, watching trailers. Trailer. Okay. Just to like go into things blind cuz I I if it's a movie like that, like I'm eventually going to see it. Okay. So it's like I might as well not get spoiled by anything and just have go in fresh. So I'm doing that. I mean, there's some that I just have to see like Lion King and stuff. Yeah. I've seen the trailers for that, but for Toy Story 4. You tweeted. I, I think like most of the trailers I see are stuff you tweet oh, on, yeah. on Twitter. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but like Toy Story 4, I haven't seen anything from that because I just want to know nothing about it. Yeah. So this has been our review of the series finale of Game of Thrones. Jason, Colin, thank you for joining me today. This was a ton of fun, and hopefully you guys can both come on again whenever you want. Yeah. Do you have anything either of you want to plug? Uh, just thank you for having me on. Uh, this is the closest I've ever come to being on something like the Today Show. Um, <laughs> probably the closest I'll ever come you to You never that. know. Maybe so. what gets you on the Today Show? I actually have no idea. I just, what if you get like a viral video? Of your three-legged dog, yeah, it's more peeing on itself or something. That's true. I'll take Ellen though. I'll take the Ellen show too. Either What's the that. Today Show? Isn't that Today, like Show, Matt Today Lauer, Show's right? Like, yeah, oh, I just watch the people in the background, the signs going wild though. Maybe I'll be one of those people. That's how I get on. But this is more like being on the interviewing of a Today yes, Show. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yes, that's yeah. <laughs> how about you, Jason? Want to plug anything? I'll just say hi to my mom. Hi, mom. Oh, thanks for having me. That's very sweet. Mom. Yeah. Hi, Jason's mom. Thanks for listening. If if you do. The intro music for this episode is a piece called Work by Kevin McLeod. You can find more of his work at incompetech.com. If you'd like to keep up with this podcast and find out when we release new episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at MovieMarapod or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MovieMarapod. That's Movie M-A-R-A pod. Aren't we clever? That's clever. Good. Swipe Get up. It? You gotta tell them to swipe up. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think Wait, that's Instagram. Swipe up. That's Instagram. Oh. Yeah, that's Instagram. <laughs> okay. And you can always reach out to us at our email, moviemarathonerspod at gmail.com. You can find more episodes of this podcast on Podbean at moviemarathoners.podbean.com. And we are also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. Please subscribe or write a review if you like what we're doing. And any feedback you have to help improve the podcast is always appreciated. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week when we run through Disney's live-action remake of Aladdin. Bye. Peace. Adios. So the intro music for this podcast. So the intro music. For- <laughs> you have intro music? Yeah. Oh, okay. Dude, it's a pro. We're professional here. <laughs> I'm going to put that at the end. <laughs> Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotas, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.